Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Maybe I'll ask Brian Waddle about that because Brian's on the line now. He's our sports correspondent this evening. G'day, Brian. How are you? Good, Amelia. It's a difficult subject when you start talking about great achievements and uh, you know, getting awards, as we've had recently. Uh, I tend to follow, even though I follow a team sport, I think that individual achievements probably cap uh, team performances. Uh, you get some very good players, some very ordinary players, and they can be balanced out. But you know, when it comes to individual achievement, it, that grabs my uh, thought processes because you know while you've got people around you coaches and those to help you've got to get out and do the job mm. yourself no one else can do it for you and uh, i i tend to go with um you know single athletes the nick willis one is is a fair point um you know there could be many others that people could look at and make a decision over um but it, but it's an interesting subject and you could um, you could talk on forever about um those kinds of achievements you know um, I follow cricket, and mm. you get individual achievers over a period of time. You talk about greatness. Is Williamson greater than Martin Crowe? Mm. Well, his achievements probably are, but they've been done in a different era, and that makes it difficult to determine all the time. You know, football teams. What's the greatest football team of all time? Mm. Who's the greatest footballer? Uh, you know, every now and again you get, oh, He's the greatest footballer, mm-hmm. but they forget about somebody like Pele or any other name through the uh, through the years. So you know, it's it's a subjective judgment, really, isn't it? It is. It is, and um, it's it's good for the pubs that these arguments do indeed uh, exist, and for the sports <laughs> fans as well, I suppose. Quiz night on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> it's quiz nights every night here on RNZ nights, Brian. Um, now let's get oh, to. Let's get to uh, what we are talking about tonight. And should we begin with the Warriors? Because 14,000 turning up for preseason. Clearly, the the level of tribal support that they managed to, to get last year is not just a flash in the pan. No, they created a lot of interest. And they did it by their achievements. One of the best Warriors sides in the history of the club in terms of their achievement, getting through to the final. And the way they played, they attracted the fans, mainly in Auckland, of course, where they're based. But this, of course, was 14,000 at a pre-season match in Christchurch. Uh, They were probably expected to win too because they were up against the West Tigers that they were expected to beat. They're not one of the stronger sides. But they also had the return of Roger Tervasashek. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful player he is in, in both codes. I mean, I saw him play a bit of rugby. And uh, he turned up and uh, put on an outstanding performance pre-season. And you wonder whether it's to see the Warriors, which I think it probably was. But then when you see the return of a player like Tervasashek, um, you know, you, you've got to look with confidence and plenty of hope that this year will be their year. You know what they say in Auckland about the Warriors, 
it is their year, this year. Uh, and the fact that they had to play all but 19 minutes of the game, one player down because they lost uh, Zion Mariu, um, a red card for a high shot, probably deserved the decision, probably right. Uh, they did um, they did a, a good job against the uh, the West Tigers, but as I say, preseason game, and that augurs well for what they've got ahead this year under um, the the coach who did such a good job with them last year. Indeed, and um, from overall to round ones, and the Wellington Phoenix riding high at the top of the A League, Brian. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Costa Barbarossa's thirty-four years of age. Today he had his birthday. He celebrated it yesterday in Sydney against the side called Macarthur. I'm, I'm not sure how you get a side called Macarthur out of Sydney, but that's what uh, he was playing against. And he picked up uh, two uh, goals. And you look at Harry, 34 years of age. Age doesn't prevent you from playing at the top level and delivering uh, outstanding performances. And that's what we saw. Not only. Last night, but of course, throughout the season, Barbarousas has been a godsend for the New Zealand side, the Phoenix. They've lost a lot of players because of injury. They had about five players from their regular group out of this game, uh, including Captain uh, Rufa, uh, Tim Payne, Crofe. They've had uh, injury problems for Oscar Zabata, who was a key part of their side last year with goal scoring. And they've beaten um, this side, MacArthur. They're now five points ahead of the Central Coast Mariners, and it becomes quite exciting. I, I sometimes wonder whether the Phoenix get the credit and the New Zealand public adulation that, say, the Warriors get. Um, you know, they, they get good numbers at the uh, the Wellington Stadium, but, you know, here they are at the top of the table by five, and I'll bet a majority of their fans at the start of this year with the changes that they had to undergo in terms of personnel, new coach, and uh, many changes, would have imagined that they would be at the top of the table mm. and leading by that many after 18 rounds. Wonderful, wonderful performance. Uh, I'm not a great soccer fan as such, but I, I have to say that I have made an effort to watch some of the games. I, I turned last night's game on. They were 1-0 up, and uh, it, it's interesting to sort of match your own personal knowledge, limited as it is, to what you hear people who are experts talk about them. Mm. And, uh, you know, they have a strong defensive group and uh, they seem to have the right mental approach to what they're doing. I, I enjoyed that uh, game last night and, you know, I don't know whether I'll be up watching them when they're at birth for the next game, because yeah. <laughs> that takes about midnight. I, it's like the, the Hurricanes, they're playing per, in Perth their first game of uh, Super Rugby. And, uh, you know, it starts at 11.55. That's about time to get up in the morning, let alone uh, <laughs> stay up and watch a game of rugby, I've got to say. Brian, we have just got a text in from Hayley in Morningside, um, which answers one of those earlier questions for us. Hayley writes, um, Everton's the best football club of all time and Dixie Dean's the greatest player. <laughs> so uh, there you go. That answers that question. Um, uh, look, I, I think she's wrong. <laughs> Well, I respectfully disagree as well, Harry. So uh, there you go. Call in if you want to argue a point. Um, let's talk cricket. And that's what happens, doesn't it? Exactly. Let's talk cricket, Brian. And I think the last time that we talked on here was three weeks ago, 
And uh, at that stage, we talked about whether Kane Williamson or Richard Hadley was the finest cricketer who New Zealand had produced. I think just then, three weeks ago, Kane Williamson only had 30 centuries. He's now got 32. My word. Yeah, and he's done it in what you can call a record time. 172 test innings for all those who've gone past 30 test hundreds. And there's a few of them now. Um, you don't include Bradman, of course, because he only got 29. Mm. But uh, 172 test innings for his 32. Steve Smith, 174. So he's taken a little bit longer. The record holder, Sachin Tendulkar, who played a million test matches, he took 179 to mm. achieve. And he's ended up playing 200 test matches in his career, over 300 innings. And, uh, you know, he's got through to 51. Williamson? Uh, you know, he's is only got 98. He's going to play his 100th at Hagley Oval in, in a couple of weeks. And, you know, uh, I, I have made a, a, a bold prediction that he will continue. If he's going at the rate that he's going now, he will get to that Tendulkar mark, uh, to my way of thinking. You know, the last 12 months, he scored over 1,000 test runs, seven centuries in that. Mm. And uh, if you don't get him before he gets to 13, I think every time he's gone on, He's either got a hundred or a big score, so you get him out early if you want to ensure that you're not chasing big runs. But just lovely to watch Williamson. He is a technician, mm-hmm. a, an artist, and uh, the strokes that he plays, the mindset that he's in, his ability to um, make adjustments to his game. You know, everything about him is lovely to watch. I made the uh, co- you know, comparison with, with Martin Crow. I used to love watching him as well. Mm. And I'm sure he played as many test matches as uh, Williamson. He, he was cut short, of course, because of injury. And, uh, you know, he would have been there as well. That, that's why I find it difficult to decide in my own mind which one of them is the greatest New Zealand batsman. Um, mm. Hadley, of course, is our greatest cricketer in terms of uh, the ball. And uh, the, the others, I guess become those subjective judgments I was talking about uh, earlier. Indeed. I'll meet you at the pub and we'll talk over that one. Um, that should be a good, good conversation, idea. I think. Yeah, um, right. I, I suppose. Oh, have you got a different point of view? Well, I, well, no, no. I, I think it's, I think it's Williamson. I, I just think, I would rather yeah. watch Martin Crow amass a, a big score. He was such a, such a beautiful batsman to watch, such an elegant batsman to watch. But, but I, I just yeah. think Williamson, with the, the combination of mental fortitude and, as you say, um, unimpeachable technique. He's something. It's a real privilege watching Kane Williamson play Test cricket. I love it, and it's so throwback. It's real Test cricket, you know. Yeah. And and you, you, you make that interesting point about watching Crow, say, as opposed to watching Williamson. Yeah. Crow was an elegant player and a beauty to watch as such. Williamson has a totally different style, but between them, they have carried New Zealand cricket through their particular era, and they are one and two, and you can decide for yourself which one is one and which one is two. I'll, I'll put them one equal, actually. Nice. Um, I like that. In, in the end result. Yeah, compromise. Um, Brian, let's finish up by talking. Talking uh, just quickly about this proposed new new test cricket venue up in Auckland. You'd think that cricket fans would be very excited about this, but not everybody seems to think it's a great idea. No, and um, I, I'm not myself personally aware of uh, the issues that brings that about, but Auckland needs a test cricket venue, uh, purely for the fact that the population is there, that the money is made through short-form games. And, and I believe that 
you know, Auckland does need a test cricket venue. I remember back to some of the old days of Eden Park and uh, the old Eden Park where some wonderful test matches were played. I, I remember the test match that Richard Hadley hit Dennis Lilly into the main stand mm. for six, you know, and the crowd erupted and they used to get big crowds there. And I think you could still do that. There are so many options, I guess, open for Auckland. We've heard Colin Maiden Park. Well, that's used as a first-class venue. Mm. Um, but there are not too many other options. Western Springs was thrown about. I don't know the politics of it all, but I cannot for the life of me understand why when so much money was spent on renovating Eden Park that they now call, do they call it now the National Stadium of New Zealand? Well, Auckland is might, I don't. Mm. Basin Reserve, will, I'll take for that. <laughs> but the, um, the situation where they could have made boundaries a little bit bigger and made Eden Park still a ground that would hold 60,000. I think 60,000 is what you get when you put added seats on yeah. for rugby games. And you need that for big international events. If we get a Rugby World Cup uh, here again, that will be needed. But I, you know, I, I, I find it difficult to understand the political argument. I don't think Aucklanders themselves know what they want in terms of a stadium. You know, we had it in Wellington, the the Waterfront Stadium versus redoing Athletic Park or yeah. one out in the uh, western suburbs in, in Mana area they contemplated. We've ended up with the stadium in the rail yards and it serves its purpose. Very seldom is it full, 28 to 35,000 I think it holds. Um, Auckland's population would fill a decent stadium. You know, the fact that uh, you haven't got a stadium that the Warriors can play at the same as mm. the rugby players can play at, you know, in, in Sydney because of the population. Mm. They've got the numbers there. So it's a, it's a difficult argument, and I'm sort of aware of some of the contrary views about it. But to me, the overriding factor is that Auckland needs a cricket ground and cricket needs a cricket ground of test match quality in Auckland um, because you know that's our largest city and the fact that we haven't got one that is suitable I think is uh, a blot on the game. Brian Waddle, lovely stuff, always nice shedding sport to you, thank you very much. Cheers Emil. That's Brian Waddle uh, touching there at the end on whether there will be a new cricket stadium for tests in Auckland. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies... I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.